Thank you all so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mocha. This is the Gut Wrench Podcast. And yes, it is 3.30 a.m. So, to all of those haters out there who say that I get all of my episodes done on Saturday night before the sun comes up, you're you're wrong, you know, because I stay up all night and wait until the last minute to get these done, and it's not because I don't enjoy doing them, it's because this is practically the only time that I get to myself, and no one else can tell me otherwise, you know, so stick that in your pipe and smoke it, it if anyone even smokes pipes these days, I'm sure that they smoke crack pipes or, oh man, you've got to hit this, uh, <clears throat> you've got to hit this bong, you know, and then I'm just sitting there and then I'm just like, but why, why would, why would I do that? You know, what, what does that do for me? You know, like I don't even ask them or for that matter, tell them, you give me $20, I'll do it. Uh, you got to chug this beer you know, keg or whatever. No, I don't. I love the whole, you gotta try this, you know. No, I'm gonna say it again. No, I don't. It does me no gain, and for that matter, provides me with no end goal to be rich whenever I actually do get around to actually trying it, you know. hate to sound like an old man and say that, Oh, I hate these young kids today. Anything like that. No. It's not got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with living a cleaner, healthier, you know, life. The lifestyle that you would figure that people would want to live. Not to be 60 years old and then be like, Oh, man, my, uh, my toes have a very warm feeling to them and I think that I can feel my bone marrow sticking out. That's your own fault, dumbass. You shouldn't have done drugs whenever you was 18 or 19 and then got hooked on them until you were 27 or 35 or 42. You know, I can just keep on going with the numbers, I'm sure, but the logistics are not as important as the fact that you took drugs and then people always they always go on the tangent they always go on to complain about how much that they they just oh man I mean once you pop you can't stop you know Jesus Christ it's just like just get on with it buddy just get on with the end of the story you know like what's taking you so long what are you you fucking you fucking pussy or something you want to sit there and take all your take all your drugs or snort all your medicine, you know, all your medication. I mean, that's that's great, I guess. I would love it if a cop just rolled up beside of me and me talking about snorting medicine and stuff like that, you know, because I'm don't know if you guys know this or not, but I've taken a liking to the fact that I can walk wherever I want to. <clears throat> while this podcast is being um, recorded, while it's being, you know, just a little bit.
bit of recording. And yes, we do have some wrestling on the docket, but, um, you know, it's just perhaps some mental frustrations that I've accumulated over the years of uh, living with people who I would much rather not want to live with. I was told that whenever I moved here to Bluefield, West Virginia, that um, I was moving here for a better life, you know, better opportunities, better um, uh, better goals, if you will. But alas, I was lied to by the higher power, the authorities in my life. Oh, woe is me. Because some of the criticisms that I get on this podcast, believe it or not, are, is that uh, I tend to ramble a lot about my um, uh, personal problems a little bit too much. They're like, if you could cut that out, that'd be great, you know? Um, other than that, you know, I liked it. I felt as though that you're a little bit ADHD or bipolar disorder and you stumble across uh, talking about yourself way too much. But here's here's the the cherry on top of that I appreciate your criticisms like really I do but I'm uh some sometimes now not all the time I know that I've I've been on a tangent for almost six minutes here but just just hear me out there's there's a goal here there's a cherry on top sometimes the cherry on top is the fact that I'm the I'm kind of the personality behind the microphone so I'm going to have to build a rapport with my audience. I'm going to have to let them know what's going on behind the scenes. I just can't be... You ever watched a WatchMojo.com video on YouTube? Well, if you don't know, WatchMojo.com is kind of a... um, uh, uh, I don't know about the website, but their YouTube channel is kind of a emotionless robots you know that's that's all that all that they care about is getting done their top 10 video me I care about more than that believe it or not I care about my audience and if you can relate to me in one way or another I feel as though that that makes me closer to you in having in having a bond with my audience if you have depression, anxiety, if you have certain ailments, you know, that perhaps plague your life or for that matter um, have hurt you on a personal level, if you have insecurities, stuff of that nature, well, then we can relate to each other and see I'm not just some corporate suit who's here to cash in on a whole bunch of uh, dollar bills you know do you do you understand what it is that I'm that I'm driving home right now because if you don't then I'll just drive away you know in the other direction you know what was I talking about oh yeah my name is mocha this is the Gut Wrench Podcast, and um, this is episode 88, ladies and gentlemen, unlike last time wherever I wrongfully quoted that this was episode 88, this time I've 
now realize the error of my ways and now I've um, accumulated a rather almost like an hour of nothing but professional wrestling if you will it's the most professional wrestling as a matter of fact as we go to once I pull up those notes there it is ha ha finally my phone wants to load as we go to the episode of AEW Rampage not Dynamite it's not their flagship show it's the um uh second show that they do a week or yeah the second because i'm pretty sure rampage is the uh so if it, it'd be it'd be friday i do believe and wednesday is um dynamite because then you know it's Friday, and you know what that means. Excalibur is always about. And it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Maybe I should do that, too. You know, it's Saturday, and you know what that means. Well, obviously, this is going up on Sunday, but that's besides the point. You know, you you got to count your chickens, and then you got to count them again after they hatch. And you can't just count them one time and then just expect to have that many because I might get hungry. There might be a few eggs in that pan, you know. But uh, anyway... United Empire and Swerve Strickland, for some reason they call this an eight-man tag match, but I only count three people on each team. That only adds up to six. I'm not sure who did their math, but they did it wrong. <clears throat> United Empire and Swerve Strickland, which if you don't know United Empire is, of course, Will Ospreay and um, Fletcher Reed. No, not Reed. Hang on. He's the guy from the the stupid movie what's it called kyle fletcher uh kyle fletcher and will Ospreay is united empire uh fletcher reed is the lawyer from that damn jim carrey movie i'm so sorry <laughs> i was talking to every time that i hear the word fletcher i either think of my friend from fucking middle school or i think of uh that you know that that guy from the jim carrey movie who uh for some reason he has sex with one of the secretaries and he looks over at her and then whenever she says um so what do you think he says i've had better and then after that you know he he ends up he ends up going throughout the office telling people what he thinks whenever they ask him so what do you think of the new haircut and then you know he's in, he's just like i don't know you'd have to watch the movie i guess but I love the part wherever he says, so what do you think of the new haircut? And then all of a sudden he, he walks past the guy and then he's trying to like plug his own mouth before he says anything. And then he's like, I think it takes away from your fat ass or something like that. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh God, he, he just didn't say that. But uh, United Empire, which is uh, Kyle Fletcher and uh, Will Ospreay and Swerve Strickland versus Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero, uh, Rapungi Vice, or the the friends, the best friends. I uh, can't think of whatever else that they're called, but here they're referred to as Chaos Order, which is a fun word because there is no order if something is in chaos, you know? So that's kind of funny that the name of the team is literally a walking contradiction. <laughs> it would be like if 
if their team name was Frenemies, you know? Like, they're friends, but they're also enemies. This reminds me of the AJ, AJ Lee and Page storyline, but we'll get to that whenever we uh, start looking at WWE again. Right now, we are 98 days. I counted the days, and according to multiplication tables, seeing as though that this is um, uh, week number whatever, because I didn't look at that before I started, but anyway, it was 98 whenever I uh, looked at it, and we are 98 days into the WWE strike. Don't worry, guys. They will give in before we do because they need our rating. Understand that we are a big deal. The Gut Wrench Podcast is a big deal because we are 85% of our audience. I've made more than 85%, according to Spotify Wrapped, than um, other people in my category is what I should say. Not 85% of our audience or whatever. A lot of you might remember this match from being uh, featured in last week's uh, review. That's because they did it the week before. For consistency reasons, I'm going to say that's wonderful that they did uh, some sort of a rematch. The only difference being that uh, Jeff Cobb is not in the match in United Empire, and for some reason, they call this an eight-man tag, despite there only being six men competing. So someone can't count, but that's there's there's three people from each team being represented here. Get a lot of action that is uh, hard to keep up with. Willow Spray uh, tags out to Swerve Strickland. Trent Beretta is in the ring off of the tag as well, but commentary really doesn't uh, tell me who who that who tagged him in. You know who tagged in Trent Beretta is some small Japanese man, um, and you know where I don't watch. IWGP, or for that matter, uh, NWGP, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or International J International Japanese Professional Wrestling, where I don't watch any of those two divisions, the junior heavyweight divisions, or for that matter, where I really don't watch any Australian um, European circuits. I really don't know who this small Japanese man is, except for halfway through the match, they tell me that his name and... Uh, You'll wait just a minute, I'll try to pronounce it. I'm pretty sure it's like Joe or Kenty or, hang on. <laughs> it's uh, something, I just can't remember it because this was from like three days ago. <clears throat> Commentary doesn't tell me who it is that tagged him in. There's a small Japanese man uh, on the team of Repugni Vice which if you remember uh, last week, I spent a whole 10 to 15 minutes uh, going on a tangent about uh, it wouldn't matter what their name was, the name of the team, and you can just refer to them as uh, two out of four of the members of the best friends or two-fourths of just friends 
or if you count Kristen Statlander, then you can also refer to them as two-thirds of best friends, even though, uh, yeah, I guess seeing as though that Chuck Taylor and uh, Trent Barrett are both on this team, and the third member, of course, be well, the third and fourth members, of course, being Kristen Satlander and uh, <laughs> Orange Cassidy, if I remember correctly. But uh, anyway, Trent Beretta uh, gets the tag from Chuck Taylor, Chucky e. T. Then Swerve Strickland makes the tag to Kyle Fletcher. There were a lot of hot tags, not a lot of action. You know, as far as professional wrestling goes, there wasn't really a lot of wrestling, just a lot of tags and a lot of, like, the same thing that we had last week, which was two or three people from the same team being represented in the ring at the same time and the referee not counting for jack shit because, you know, counting 10 is hard. <clears throat> counter for counter as Trent Breda goes for the swinging DDT but gets caught in uh, the same move that he got caught in last week by the same guy that he got caught into it by, but this time he learns from his mistakes. They don't say that he got caught in it last week, but I remember last week him getting caught in and I was like, oh yeah, didn't he get caught in a brain buster last time? And then all of a sudden he was about to get slammed for that brain buster by the same person, Kyle Fletcher. But what ended up happening was he was like, uh-uh, I ain't having none of that. He does a standing switch, hits him with a half and half. <clears throat> last week he was, uh, yeah, literally going for the same spot by the same person. And for those of you wondering, if I'm watching the same episode, I can assure you you listeners, this is not the same notes, and for that matter, this is not the same episode. And I have, I can verify that uh, in just a second. Okay, so I apparently can't read my notes here. Okay, but then Beretta, it's supposed to say Beretta, but for some reason I think that it uh, says burrito and it spelled it wrong. That's on me. I'm using text-to-speech whenever I'm taking these notes because I can't type for the life of me. Because typing is hard, literally. But then Beretta learns from his mistakes uh, from last week. Instead of uh, getting caught in a brain buster like... Uh, the time that time he relinquishes the hold that he was caught in because he was he, he had him in a standing guillotine did uh Trent Beretta from uh Kyle Fletcher but the last time that he did that Fletcher turned it into a um uh brain buster but this time he was like oh no we're not doing that again instead he just lets go of the the hold the standing guillotine that he had him in and Trent Beretta then ends up putting Kyle Fletcher up on the ropes and does the double stomp after, of course, he gets off the rope, off the um, top rope there. <clears throat> so earlier in my notes, I said that this time Jeff Cobb was not a part of the match. Well, here's the thing, all right? So Cobb ended up somehow standing on the ring apron and I guess receiving the tag even though before he was somewhat of a valet, so he was coming out 
to accompany them to the ring rather than, you know, like, what the fuck? I guess you just change the, the rules as it goes. That means that there's four people on one team and three people on another team. That's not, that's a four on three tag, uh, handicap match. That's not really an eight man tag match. And I'm telling you, there's no fourth person over there. I guess the small Japanese guy, but why does Jeff Cobb, because there is, there's Repugni Vice, and then there's that small Japanese guy who, I'll get his name here in just a second once we get to that part of the notes, but the point of course being is that I guess it's just a three-on-three three whenever it needs to be, and then a four-on-four four whenever it needs to be. They call it an eight-man tag team match, but I'm telling you guys there's no consistent way of counting four people on each side of the corner because most of the time there was only three people on each side of the corner <laughs> we see this small japanese man uh they keep referring to as yo like yo yo y o <clears throat> and He's real quick, he's real technical, he's quite fluent, and he scores a two count on Will Ospreay off of a bridge pin, which I haven't seen since like 2000. The referee, uh, just like last week, misses this whole 10 count when uh, there's more than one person representing a wrestler who is supposed to be in one team at a time like, he can't have three guys in the ring at the same time trying to beat up this uh, one guy. It's not fair. It makes it a lot less entertaining. It might make it a lot more entertaining for television, nonetheless, but I praise AEW for the fact that... <clears throat> oh, I praise AEW as much as I do. I would just appreciate if the officiating maybe was uh, more on par, you know? Not really like, oh, well, we have to give them leeway this time. Hidden Blade uh, on Yo, Repugni Vice, Best Friends, Chaos Order, two and a half out of five stars, was a really good match. I was thoroughly entertained, but I feel as though that 10 minutes and 21 seconds for an opening contest is quite too long. And I really don't like the multi-man matches, but he got a, he got, it got the job done. Look at me, I'm driving a pickup truck. It got the job done and was told a decent enough story. Tony Storm then gives some passionate promo, uh, even though it's a short, poorly edited promo at best, when Storm says it's going, she's going to humble Willow Nightingale and make, make her see that Tony Storm is the best women's wrestler in AEW ever in the company's history. Short history nonetheless, but I mean, those are really, really um, quite a claim to live up to if 
you're looking to be the best in the history of the company like you so say that you are would be nice to live up to the words of that said company company's history mjf plays a little bit of cat and mouse with adam cole so the story here is that these two are going to be tag team partners in a blind elimination tag team tournament so AEW sometimes likes to throw you a little bit of a curveball and in doing so they decided that it was a good idea to take their men's roster and go ahead and start to maybe plant the seeds for a story that they were going to perhaps refurbish later on down the road I'm sure that Adam Cole was promised a title opportunity much like it, if I'm drawing from my past history of professional wrestling here um, I'm thinking of Samoa Joe and Finn Balor at the NXT respect event because Balor needed a tag team partner and what better tag team partner than Samoa Joe and of course Balor chose Joe because he knew that who better to get it to get the job done rather than someone who's traveled the world with him someone who's a part of their stable bullet club who for whatever reason they've been teasing in WWE forever between a match of um Finn Balor and AJ Styles but they have yet to pull the trigger on it but the teasing started in like 2017 but that's like a story for another day anyway Joe was promised in this instance that I'm telling you Joe was promised a tag I'm sorry a one-on-one uh, -on -one shot with Finn Balor for the NXT Championship which Balor held at the time <clears throat> only problem being is that whenever they won that tag team tournament at NXT Respect they beat um, the Revival if I remember correctly in the um, finals whenever they won that tournament GM at the time the general manager uh, almost said Ric Flair <laughs> William Regal got involved and practically said something along the lines of no 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 we're not gonna we're not gonna do any of that you know throwing a wrench in Samoa Joe's plans and Joe was pissed and Balor didn't even say anything. He was just like, well, okay, well, at least you helped me win this trophy. You know, nice looking trophy that we got here. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He's my boss too. You know, I'm the champion, but I mean, I just, you shit out of luck, buddy. You know, small wieners. Sorry. Small wieners gets no bitches. So, I can't remember what happened after that. You know, I'm just going to let you know I'm pretty sure Joe was put in like a 
you know, oh, you're going to have to defend your number one contendership against this guy, you know. And meanwhile, Finn Balor got to stay at the house or something. <clears throat> oh, boy. So it's raining outside, in case you can't tell, in case. And um, it, I'm trying not to get my phone wet. I'm looking for sort of a... Uh, cover if you will you know a little bit of uh out of the rain into the dry you know if i'm stranded on an island right now you guys wouldn't know it because my phone would be wet and i wouldn't be able to call for help that's right you heard me correctly i will not be able to call for help now um, if only I could finish the story between MJF and Adam Cole. But you want to know what you can finish. You can finish that bottle of milk, jug of orange juice, whatever it is that you have in your pocket so that you don't have to go thirsty. And that brings me to today's sponsor, me. That's right. I paid myself to put an ad somewhere in this dang podcast so while i'm getting wet like a cat on uh it's it's period pussy jokes am i right meanwhile you can be gone in 60 seconds like uh nicholas cage and those those windows at your house they look real greasy like my elbows <clears throat> What? Who said that? And the next thing you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have a, a great day with a great Dane, you know, because pulling up with the with the cheeks like that. I mean, where'd you get all that ass from? And. Then I, I pulled up to her and then I said, damn girl, are you a soccer jersey? Because I want your name and your number. Do you, do you get it? It's because, you know, soccer jerseys have the last name with the, with the number. All right. Well, I guess I didn't have to explain it, but, you know. Take a ride on the autistic school bus. You know, I would. <laughs> uh, what? Is that? Is that racist? Can, can we leave that in there? Yeah, because a lot of people might think that that's in bad color, bad taste. I, I by the way, want to I want to say that I'm not racist. Um, I just know uh, a few people. Oh yeah, and I guess see as though that we're on the subject, you know, um, was brought to my attention that whenever Eo Shirai, Eo Sky now, was in the um, NXT. She was in the NXT days. There was uh, a fan who apparently got a little bit too overzealous with her, and for whatever reason, he ended up yelling at her during her entrance, and um, uh, ended up telling her to quote, go back to China, end quote, and she heard that, you know, 
over her entrance music, over like all the roars, the roaring of the, the rest of the crowd. My, my question is why though? Why, why? Why would you tell her to quote, go back to China? And of course she clapped back. She uh, looked straight at the man and then said, Japan, bitch. Because she's not Chinese, she's Japanese. In case you guys didn't know, um, I'm sure a lot of you already did, asking me why. I would say that, I would, for a second there, I forgot where I was going. Don't, don't judge me. I'm talking about Chinese bitches and shit. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, she's, uh, she's not Chinese. She's Japanese, but my question is, what did he hope to accomplish? And for that matter, who are you? Come on, you're at a wrestling event, and your first priority is to yell at this beautiful Asian performer who just so happens to come at, you know, like, did you pay for a ticket just to say that to her? You had to have known what it was that you were paying for. You had to have known what it was that you were paying for. Like, you cannot be serious right now. To anyone out there who is racist, and I, I have no idea what the hell your problem is with your toxicity, but you need to chill the fuck out. Because people are just trying to live their lives in the most cases. And some exceptions to the rule, there may be some exceptions to the rule. However, I'm not going to condone any exceptions to the rules. And those exceptions might be Muslims. Um, however, I'm still not racist toward Muslims despite what they're biblical text or whatever it is says but whenever I did research on Muslims and I realized that this conversation sounds as though that it's going to become an endless endeavor about racism I promise you that it's not we're going to get straight into the action it is raining like really hard so I'm trying to stay dry and keep my phone dry um, but whenever I looked a lot into the Quran or whatever it's called. Um, not trying to be like, you know, ignorant or anything. I just don't know what the name of the book is. The Cologne, the Quran, the Kalihon, you know, whatever it's called. Um, it apparently says that if you die for a higher cause, then you who died for said higher cause will go go to heaven and I guess get your 98 virgins or whatever it's called. I'm, I'm not really sure what exactly the, um, the logistics are behind that. You know, if I was to take into account some of the things that it is that they were trying to accomplish by writing that or for that matter what exactly it was that they were trying to 
um, accomplish. Yeah, I already said that. Take into account what they were trying to accomplish. You know, like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get who comes up with that, you know, and I'm not trying to be racist or, for that matter, any sort of, I mean, I've already said it a few times. I'll say it again. I'm sort of a follower of the left-handed path. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's another way of saying that I'm a Satanist. So, you know, I can't be racist. Might sound a little bit twisted, you know, because of, I don't know, everyone always gets upset whenever you um, go into detail about that. Matter of fact, some of you might even say that this episode isn't as entertaining as my next ones. Or my last one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not as entertaining as my last ones. So anyway, I have, uh, I have found shelter. So we're going to continue the show. I do apologize for that little bit of a rant tangent uh, on admission to something that it was not. <clears throat> MJF plays a little bit of cat and mouse with Adam Cole. Uh, the story here is that these two are in a blind elimination tag team tournament um, that apparently MJF got his partner chosen by random. They apparently put a few names into the hat, and um, in doing so, <laughs> in doing so, what ended up happening was something along the lines of him just getting someone else's name that he doesn't really, you know, like it would have been, it would have been fine if it would have been like Wardlow, someone that he's maybe tag teamed with in the past, you know, maybe it would have been fine for him, but see, that doesn't make for entertaining television. That doesn't make for like, um, a story driven conflict, you know, this time we've got like two heavyweights who possibly have like just going to go at odds and ends with each other just for the fact that they can go at odds and ends for each other. And Adam Cole possibly wants a shot at that championship because, you know, ego, maybe. <clears throat> a little bit of, uh, you know, like, why are you champion and why am I not? A little bit of uh, back and forth between these two. <clears throat> Draw two names out of a raffle or out of a hat. Uh, two names will be teamed up with uh, one another. MJF takes it upon himself to talk to Tony Khan about getting Adam Cole a match at their next pay-per-view, which has already passed, by the way. But this is a maybe like a four-week episode. Uh, their next pay-per-view, Forbidden Door, and in doing so is his opponent at the next pay-per-view 
starts to sneak up on Adam Cole while Cole's in the ring. And uh, while Cole is in the ring, now, as we all know, MJF is the AEW world champion and... with his tag team partner Adam Cole is uh, being attacked in the center of the of the ring MJF shows no urgency of uh, wanting to get into the ring he's saying stuff like hang on Adam I'll be right there you just gotta let me take off this watch and then he goes to take off his watch and you know he does I mean he Jericho on commentary is milking it too he's like he doesn't want to get his watch dirty what are you talking about he he knows that Adam Cole is his, his partner and, for that matter, his best friend. He just doesn't want to get his watch dirty. <laughs> he's taking off his, he's taking off like this medallion-looking, sparkly-looking watch. And he gets about halfway down to the ring ramp whenever he says, Hang on, Adam, I forgot to take off this scarf. He says it's a $100,000 scarf. <laughs> he takes off the scarf and then some i guess some cameraman has the pleasure of holding it he says hold this can, can you hold this and he says yeah so the cameraman's holding the scarf and then he's like i'm i'm out of breath adam i'm i'm be honest with you he's like i don't know if i can take him and then after he almost gets to about the you know instead of sliding in the ring like an like a person who would be you know Oh, I'm ready to fight you. He literally, like, just ducks under the top ring rope like you would do if you were trying to safely get into the ring. I, I don't know. It's, you know, the, the joke here is that, of course, Dirty Tom Lawler, which will be Adam Cole's, <laughs> Adam Cole's um, uh, matchup at the uh, pay-per-view, forbidden door and um the joke here is of course that mjf and adam cole just don't like each other but can they coexist for the uh for a better goal a higher purpose if you will um just like we were talking about earlier see i told you i'd tie it in everything gets tied in into this show I just like to tie things in all the time and that's how i got to grandma's house see and you just got shenanigans. See, all of this irrelevant shit just coming up all at one time. I know that you guys like that. You guys like the, the nostalgia of it all, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, is this thing on? Yeah, um, I'd like to order a cheeseburger, maybe a few ham hocks. What's that? <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. I'm on, the, I'm on the phone with the DoorDash. No, I wasn't talking to you. I told you that. Can I talk to you over text message? Yeah, that'd be great, man. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. You know, whenever you're trying to order some food, it's extremely hard to order some food whenever you got some jackass screaming in your ear. I swear, calm down, buddy. You know, your food will get here. He promised me a refund, too. I gotta give him five stars on this podcast. Can you believe this guy? He's over here trying to make threats toward me does he know who he's talking to shit man 
I don't, I don't even know who he's talking to, but he thinks that he's talking to someone who's actually important. Like, what am I, some sort of fucking politician? You can look me in the eyes and tell that I'm definitely no politician. I don't even have what it takes to talk on a freaking sports podcast, let alone anything else. I mean, who does this guy think that he is? Nicholas Cage? Is he about to be gone in 60 seconds? Look at my greasy-ass elbows. But anyway... MJF is at the he's at the ringside like I wish I could get in the ring but and help you but I I don't want to I don't want to get the scarf dirty and um whenever he gets into the ring the two men that were attacking Adam Cole uh they they end up fleeing they end up getting away and right as they're getting away MJF is in the ring and then he says, oh, darn it. He's like, I almost had him. (laughs) He's like, well, partner. And he keeps saying that too. Like he's putting it in air quotes, but, you know, being facetious. Like, like, well, partner, I guess I'll see you at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And he walks away, and of course he's all smug, and his entrance music is playing because, you know, he's some, God, he's some prick, you know, and I mean he is. He's almost as much of a prick as that guy from DoorDash that I was just talking to. See, I told you guys, I like to tie things into my episodes. See, you got to trust me, all right? Even though that was the most boring segment that you probably heard in your entire life, if you stuck around for it, you would have known that I was trying to tie it into the episode. Man, you guys got to trust me. The acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens versus local jobbers. These men don't get any entrance. They don't get a name. Commentary doesn't talk about them at all. They don't get a minute and 40 seconds before the match is over. One out of five stars. Honestly, I can't tie anything into this uh, abysmal match that the acclaimed had. I mean, not even the entrance was halfway, you know, satisfying. You know, usually they come in and then they talk about... Max Caster didn't even come up with a few... Decent bars that I could even he calls himself Platinum Max Caster. He's more like Gold Max Caster. That's what he is. His gold is like what's below platinum. Shut up. You know, because at least he doesn't call himself the Diamond or something like that. You know, like Platinum supposed to be like below the Diamond. I'm just going off of Yu Gi Oh! You know, because. On the mobile game Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, what ends up happening is you go from like platinum to to like, hang on, diamond to like, oh, you go from master to platinum to diamond to gold to bronze, to gold to silver to bronze and then to rookie. I don't know. It's weird. If if you've never played like Yu-Gi-Oh! Then you probably wouldn't understand it. So I should probably shut up about it unless... I plan on tying something into it. See, you got to pay attention. Got to write shit down.
because I'm thinking three steps ahead and you guys are already thinking two steps back. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's giving me a warning. It's saying that the minimum uh, time of recording is 60 minutes, so keep an eye on that clock as the 48-minute mark comes into play. QT Marshall then comes out. Oh, uh, after. After chicanery, that's what that says. My fault. Apparently, I can't um, read because I thought chicanery was spelled some other way. After some sh chicanery and a lot of fuckery, including a woman who comes out wanting to join the acclaimed and even gives them a sample of her rap style in which that, uh, for some reason, Max Caster can't stand and Anthony Bowens, uh, it ends up turning him gay. QT Marshall then comes out and seems to have a problem with him rejecting her act and he's disrespecting Max Caster, Max Caster by calling him, uh, saying that the, the only time that that was ever relevant what you do, Max Caster, he he goes on a like a two-second tangent about how John Cena did it a billion times better. He 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 just says something along the lines of whenever the you can't see me man did it in 2003, it was a lot better. Her name, by the way, that lady that I just mentioned, Harley Cameron. Behind the mask of one of the uh, backup dancers to the lady that I mentioned, Harley Cameron, was uh, trying to join the acclaimed. Oh, yeah, the lady who was trying to join the acclaimed. <clears throat> uh, Harley Cameron. One of the backup dancers turned out to be Johnny TV, which... A lot of you might know as Johnny Movado. A lot of you might know as Johnny Impact. A lot of you might know as uh, John Morrison or Johnny Nitro. So, his name's Johnny. Just remember that. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for sitting through that ad break. Um, there was no there there was no advertisement for those of you who who may be wondering what it is that I'm I'm fucking on about. But um, <clears throat> instead of the ad break, I just decided to make that a transition so that um, this doesn't sound so poorly edited. But um, thank you all so much for sitting through that uh, advertisement break. As you all know, I have plenty of ads and ad revenue. I've got money, so much money that uh, my pockets are filled with money. I'm like Mr. Krabs on the uh, payday, you know. Everybody can relate to SpongeBob, right? Working a meaningless fucking job for no goddamn good reason, no good wages. <clears throat> So um, if that's the case, then why don't we get straight back into the action? So, like I said, Johnny Impact or Johnny Movado, um, 
I'm surprised that he hasn't changed his name to Johnny Sins, seeing as though that he's fucked the wrestling world so much. No, I'm joking. He hasn't. He hasn't done that. But, I mean, how many Johnnies do we need? We got Johnny Wrestling, which is, of course, Johnny Gargano, who, by the way, um, for some reason, the the dick fuck over at um, the the Jim Cornette podcast, I guess you could call it that, if that's what you want to call it. Um, he seems to think that Johnny Gargano needs to be fired, and let's let's be honest, Jim Cornette, who are you to say who needs to be fired? Your only personality trait was walking down to the ring with a tennis racket. Whenever you pick up a tennis racket and then you say, oh, damn, I think I'll make this my personality trait. <laughs> and you sound like fucking Mickey Mouse on meth. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a right to say who deserves to be fired, bitch. Oh, your mom deserves to be fired because she didn't suck me off last night, boy. What? Shots fired over here at the Gut Wrench Podcast. Am I keeping it real? Am I keeping it fresh? Spelled with a P-H, you know? Oh, I think that I am. You slap a five-star review down at the bottom of the ocean. You know, just scroll down just a little bit. You see my little icon right there? You see how it says wrestling is in my blood? I don't plan on changing that anytime soon, so, you know, that should be the fucking description for this podcast for some time <clears throat> was that who's tom i said some time i did not say tom but anyway uh johnny tv then throws a super kick at billy gunn dropping him like a sack of potatoes hi everyone my name is sam wedge do you get it? My first name is Sam and my last name is Wedge. Alright. Next joke. Sky Blue uh, gets a huge reception from the uh, Chicago crowd for one of two reasons. And maybe I should say for one of three reasons. <clears throat> if, if I mention... Um, it's not only because she's, uh, she makes me sound sexist. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, you know what I'm saying? One of three reasons. You catching my drift? For those of you who don't understand, I recently watched a, uh, YouTube review on one of the, um, AEW live events that they were watching a match from Sky Blue and um, he said the only thing that he appreciated about her match was, or he interrupts himself and then he says the only two things rather. And then all of a sudden the video that he was referring to, the review that he was talking about, his video paused, and for whatever reason, he zoomed in on her butt flap. You know, her ass cheeks. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't mean to sound racist here. Race, I'm sorry, sexist here. Either way. <laughs> like, I don't mean to sound sexist here, but 
I hate Brazilian men, you know? <laughs> it wouldn't make me sound racist. It'd make me sound like I got something against Brazilian people. But anyway, um, what I mean to say is, um, yeah, I, I really didn't like that. I'm B100 with you guys. It sort of bothered me that he said that. And for those of you who want to know who this fucker is, he goes by the HKW, I'm sorry, the HAWK every night, every day. And he's got like a, an elaborate intro that he says, and I'm sure it ties into his consistency to his, you know, product or whatever, much like, hello everyone, my name is Mocha, and uh, today we'll be talking about, you know, much like I do my shtick every every week, and yes, I am self-aware that I just made fun of myself. Ha ha! Ha ha! He's so funny! Ha ha! But at least I got more personality than someone who carries a tennis racket to the professional wrestling ring and um, dances around like a fucking hyena on crack. <clears throat> so, and at least I chew my toenails. Unlike some people, Jim Cornette. Yeah, I'm talking to him. I'm trying. I'm trying to find clout any way that I can. You know, uh, like right now, I'm pissing. I mean it. Full on, full stream. You guys want to hear it? I didn't think so. Okay. So anyway, what we're gonna go ahead and do now? Hello, everyone. My name is Mocha. Just go ahead and uh, look at the fucking sky blue match and stop worrying about all the shtick, you know? Some people are like, oh man, I enjoy the shtick. <laughs> Not to sound sexist or anything, uh, much like someone. This would never be a double standard, by the way, uh, in the wrestling uh, world, to the way that there are uh, Female, rest, female wrestler reviewers who would look at... Okay, now I'm going to have to find more cover. This is fucking stupid. Oh, you're just going to rain one minute, and then after that, you're not going to rain at all. And then after that, you're going to rain a little bit, and then you're not going to rain at all. You need to make up your fucking mind, Mother Nature. This is not funny. Uh, you know, you're not the only one laughing here. I'm trying to entertain people right now, and you, you just can't be doing this. And if I keep bitching about it, I'm sure that the rain's going to continue to become heavier and heavier. And for that matter, it's going to be like a period joke at this point. You know, this is the best painting that I've seen, period. And by the way, I drew that with my, my menstrual um, blood, you know, so it's the best painting, period. Do you get it? Because, all right, well, you know, I'm... Tr I'm doing what I can here, and no one seems to appreciate it. No one seems to appreciate anything. This cop that's like 50 feet from me, he's probably going to think that I'm on drugs. It'll fucking suck, man. Being pulled over by a police officer because he thinks that you're on, on like meth or something because you're out in the middle of the night talking to yourself into a... Uh, into a um, uh, microphone that's on your on your, uh, your your phone headphones or whatever. 
Um, yeah, you would never see like a female wrestling reviewer reviewing men's bulges. Or ass, for that matter. For one reason or another is what I'm trying to say uh, for this match. It's either the reason because she's a Chicago native or the reason is because uh, she's so goddamn pretty. So she, she already gets a standing pop before the match even starts because either she's too pretty, you know? Oh my God, it's sky blue. Oh, she's from, she's from uh, Chicago. Yay. Yay, Chicago. Oh my goodness. We're from Chicago. Yay. We should cheer her on because, you know, we like to see our own people, I guess, get famous or, or something like, she's going to remember us, us Chicago natives. No, she's not. Come on, guys. You should know better than that. Sky Blue versus Anna J. So the story here is that the opening, this is the opening round to the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. And before the match even begins, I can give you a prediction of who I think is going to win because she's undefeated, because we're in her hometown, and because Excalibur can't shut up about how much momentum she has. Sky Blue will definitely be winning this contest but I will fill you in uh, right away, right now, of all of the match highlights and try to do a play-by-play -play and then a rating. It's nice to see they're doing other stuff to mention to the memory of someone like Owen Hart who has been... It's definitely been something that WWE has never that would ne they would never do it's clear uh it's clear as far as professional wrestling goes and not sports entertainment it's clear who the real breadwinner of professional wrestling is and that is AEW they call themselves all elite wrestling and the week by week consistent basis and the they deliver nothing but the best of professional wrestling and they're not afraid to be the opposite of whatever politically correct is, unlike WWE. Now, I don't know what the opposite of politically correct is, but unless it's unpolitically correct, which doesn't sound like a word, you know, it sounds like you're just putting the word un or in order to emphasize that you're undoing what's being done. Sky Blue uh, was thrown to the outside and then almost attacked by Daddy Magic, but either he realized how bad it was going to be, how bad he would look when he was about to hit a woman on national television, or he realized that the referee was about to uh, look at him right as he was starting to look toward her with his hands together like he was trying to almost mimic that of a hammer, you know, with his fists. Um, thrown out, or he realized 
that it would make him look like a real dickhead, you know, punching a woman in the head or something. And he didn't want to be thrown out of ringside or, for that matter, thrown out of the building. Uh, on top of that, attacking a competitor whenever it's uh, not called for in the programming would might get him a fine of seventy to maybe ninety thousand dollars. Here I am trying to remember the night that the Nexus defected from WWE when Brian Danielson, at the time Daniel Bryan, attacked Justin Roberts, who and like two referees, and he got fined. I think a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, but I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> And I would say Kane setting JR on fire would also be something to that nature that he got fined for. Uh, but from my understanding, they had people behind the camera who was uh, on fire extinguisher duty before, you know, Kane setting JR on fire. That was seen as something that was kind of you know, controversial, if if you will, but at the same time, it's it's not controversial, you know, if you if you think about it, because nothing really that controversial about it. <clears throat> because even though he set a man on fire, there were people with fire extinguishers on the ready. You know, they were right there. They were waiting for it, so it was more than likely a spot that happened to further a story. But still, setting someone on fire, that's that's a little much, isn't it? And they made it play out as though that it was a live interview, and whether or not it was or wasn't, I'm not sure, but it would have probably benefited them to um, not do a live interview with a quote-unquote psychopath a spot for television. My point is, Daddy Magic uh, really should not uh, raise his hand to a woman on national television because he looked like uh, one of the pinball arms about to uh, swipe down a pinball and then quickly realized what he was about to do. And that cop left in a hurry. Oh, nope, he did not. <laughs> I looked over and... Uh, he might be about to leave in a hurry. That's not the point, though. I'm not doing anything illegal. I've got nothing to worry about. <clears throat> Sky blue with a nice jawbreaker, midsection kick, then a beautiful super kick to follow it up by a lateral press, and Sky blue only gets a near fall. She only gets the two count. Then Sky blue working even faster with a snapmare takedown. Anna Jade takes control of Sky after dumping her to the outside then misses a shining wizard and Sky eats a DDT on the outside. Anna Jade then takes some time to rub it into the crowd's face. You know, she's playing the crowd a little bit. She's kind of like, oh, okay, this is Chicago. This is her hometown. You know, maybe I should go ahead and uh, take some time to maybe <clears throat> show these Chicago people what we think of her, her being a uh, Chicago native. Anna Jade takes some time to rub it in the crowd's face that she's taking control as Sky Blue is in pain on the outside. Something else that I forgot to point out until 
We get back into the ring the entire time that Anna Jade and Sky are on the outside. The referee doesn't stop to count. Uh, much like last week, he didn't really stop to count. He just didn't do anything at all. <clears throat> uh, but also the last Sky Blue match that was that the HAWK looked at on YouTube, he noticed a pattern with the referees not counting as well. Uh, the competitors are on the outside as well as I think he's been listening to the Gut Wrench podcast because I did my episode around seven or eight days ago and he did his episode around two days ago. So it's not a far-fetched it's not a far-fetched conclusion to think that he was uh, listening to my podcast, perhaps. The referee starts to count, but only when and Jay has her opponent up against the ropes, which is what's supposed to happen. He's supposed to do that. He's supposed to count, uh, threatening to disqualify the person who is choking the other person in the ropes. But once again, the question still remains uh, why he hasn't been counting the entire time, especially whenever the competitor goes to the outside. Anna Jay hits a DDT on Sky and gets a two count. Then Sky uh, starts to volley a comeback with a right hands, then an Irish whip, cool hand. Well, they did call him Cool Hand Luke, but now they're calling him Cool Hand Ange. And I don't know why, but okay, I, I guess. Cool Hand Ange gets uh, on the ring apron, uh, puts his knees up as though that he's about to hit Sky Blue with the start of a flying knee attack. But then, much like uh, Daddy Magic just a second ago, he either quickly realizes how bad that it would look to hit a woman on national television in front of thousands and thousands of people, much like Daddy Magic uh, did the same thing, or he realizes that there's uh, severe consequences to what he's about to do, or he realizes that the referee is about to look at him or has their head turned uh, earlier. <clears throat> Earlier, I appraised AEW for their ability to think outside the box and for wrestling matches rather than the whole entire shtick of sports entertainment in the wrestling matches, I meant in general and I meant on a consistent basis. There are times where uh, they do throw in a little bit of sports entertainment into their wrestling matches. There, And this is the co-main event right here. <clears throat> and we get one of those times as Cool Hand Ange offers a handshake to Sky Blue on the ring apron while she's in the middle of a wrestling match. Sky Blue with a beautiful crossbody off the top rope after, of course, she slaps Cool Hand Ange off of the um, ring apron. <clears throat> only to get counted on a lateral press, she only gets a two count is what I should say, a near fall. Then Anna Jay 
gets the backstabber, then a cover, but she only gets a two. Both ladies are down. Anna J with a uh, Widow's Peak, a move I haven't seen in quite a while, probably since like 2004, if I'm being honest. Um, if it's not called the Widow's Peak, then by this point, some of you might know it as the Gory Special, but the Gory Special was, of course, a, um, a submission maneuver, so maybe this would be called the Gory Special Slam. I think that it was made famous by uh, Gory Guerrero, and I'm not sure what his relation to um, the Guerrero family, including Eddie and or Chavo, is. Sky Blue Dodge dodges the Queen Slayer, a submission maneuver, then hits a Code Blue to win. I think the name of the move is actually called Code Red, but I could be wrong about that. It was a good contest. Uh, I had talked about it in a previous broadcast, but Sky Blue somehow does this, uh, has this inept ability to turn herself from a vertical position onto a horizontal position and no matter how many times that I see it I don't see how uh, she can go from standing within the blink of an eye to sitting down to a powerbomb her opponent almost like turning into a liquid and then making them fall into the puddle that she created 3.5 out of 5 stars I would have given it a higher uh, rating maybe even given it a 4 star rating but due to the constant interference of the Jericho Appreciation Society, the fact is that the referee and the fact that the referee can't count, I'm going to have to give it a lower rating than I had originally planned. Now it says plug my merch, but I've already done that and you guys possibly don't want to hear that anyway. Um, you know, uh, I've got coffee cups, mugs, mini skirts. I've got all kinds of, you know, useless shit that you don't need that you probably got all around your house. And we're working on getting a book published and we're working on getting lingerie. You heard me correct. I'm looking to get my own scent. And for that matter, they're also going to go ahead and, oh, well, either the cop's about to pull up in front of me or, nope, nope, he is not. I had a feeling that he was watching me because he stayed over there for so long. It's so weird, man. I mean, I know that I'm a weirdo and it's like 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's 4.55, yet 5 o'clock in the morning. But, you know, like, I'm not on crack or anything. I'm not hurting anybody. Jesus Christ, man. The government, man. I mean, they act like that they got to control everything, you know? And now that it stopped raining, this is going to make me look suspicious, but I, I feel like i got no choice but to start walking, you know, and then hope that none of his buddies are around. <clears throat> but even if they are, I mean, I've got my ID in my pocket. I've got nothing to worry about. I'm not sure why I'm jacking off about this on, you know. But it's just going to make me look suspicious, that's all. I mean, I can see things from... You know, the cop's point of view, you know, oh, now he gets up and leaves, you know. Almost like if I would have gotten up and left, I feel as though that he would have, or they would have. I shouldn't assume the gender of the cop, you know. Uh, my fault, guys, you know, um, I'm not one of those people, you know, who assume people's gender. I mean, hey, I want you to meet my friend, Chris. 
hi, how you doing? By the way, my name's Kristen. You know, ah, of course it is, you know. I want you to meet my friend, Joe. Hi, how are you? By the way, my name's Jolena, you know. It's like, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, plug the merch, hit you with a rake, you know, make your sister bake me a cake. <clears throat> now we go to our main event as Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Doki. Almost called him Dokai. I don't know why. <clears throat> Chris Jericho in commentary says that it really annoys him that the fans take the, get the opportunity to sing uh, with the wrestlers' entrance music. Uh, he says that we should uh, take their names and bar them from ever coming to uh, the the AEW events because he doesn't like it. I guess he's supposed to be somewhat of a heel commentator, but it just comes off as comical, you know? Because, of course, you can't take the names of everyone who's there and then, like, <laughs> I don't know. What do you hope to accomplish, you know? No, you sung along to that fucking entrance music that one time, you know? You're not allowed to do that. And Jungle Boy Jack Perry's theme music is, uh, oh, man, it's, like, I'm not doing this to, like, I, I hate saying the word like a lot, like, 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 but I'm not doing this. Obviously, some of you are wrestling fans, you know, and I'm maybe insulting your intelligence because you already know what Jungle Boy Jack Perry's theme music is. I don't know what it is. It's some sort of, and the light ends and sounds. It sounds like it's possibly Phil Collins or Genesis or Sting. Not that Sting, you know, but like the guy who sings, starting up a brand new day, you know, that guy from the police. Damn, guys. I mean, do I really have to explain all of the pop culture references that I know and all of the ones that I've yet to know? You know, because if I do, then I'm I'm going to be like Nicolas Cage and I'm going to be gone in 60 seconds. I mean, I can't do this all day. I need you guys to work with me and my greasy-ass elbows, okay? Anyway, back to the main event. <clears throat> of course, Chris Jericho only says this uh, bit about, you know, hey, you shouldn't be able to sing along to, to the entrance music because everyone sings along to Chris Jericho's entrance music. Uh, the song that stayed on, like, number one, Apple iTunes, whatever, or wherever it stayed number one at, his song that he literally sung named Judas. Also, the story to this match, um, or at least half of the story from what I'm told was that Jungle Boy Jack Perry and his relationship with Hook 
who said that he would be in his corner, he would be out here tonight to help uh, Jack Perry. Is supposed to be a tag team. He's supposed to be his tag team partner, but of course the relationship will fizzle in a bit. It somehow uh, has something to do with this uh, blind elimination tag team tournament that I mentioned earlier that MJF and uh, Adam Cole are in, you know, I mean, he literally, he was trying to save his tag team partner, but he had to take his watch off. He had to take his scarf off, you know. He didn't want that $100,000 scarf to get dirty, you know. I mean, it's going to cost him like $200,000 to get it cleaned. Let's be honest, guys. Well, I mean, let's feel something for the man who has these amenities because God knows that we can't spend $100,000 on a fucking scarf and then spend $200,000 on getting it cleaned. Anyway, the Blind Elimination Tag Team Tournament uh, comes up again, which Hook is supposed to be Jungle Boy Jack Perry's tag team partner. Supposed to be some tag team partner. Uh, according to Excalibur, they're best friends, but we all know what happened to the last best friend that Jungle Boy Jack Perry had. He's got a resume about as good as Kevin Owens does having a, quote, best friend. Let's think. Seth Rollins? That used to be his best friend, uh, as long as he's helping him get a championship opportunity. And now he doesn't talk to him anymore, at least not really on TV all that much. Let me think. Sami Zayn, according to their Ring of Honor and, uh, of course, their WWE history, and probably many other subsets of subsets of professional wrestling that I don't care to look at because they're both trash, but according to that, he's been his best friend at least three times from what I can see, including one time in a cage match, <laughs> whenever he turned his back on him. And his motives for being his, quote, best friend, much like his motives for being Seth Rollins' best friend, eh, they're questionable at best, because one time during a contract signing, where Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn broke his arm, and Kevin Owens for some stupid reason, uh, I'm sorry, Sami Zayn for some stupid reason, picked up a microphone and said the following phrase. And if you don't believe me, it's, it's literally on YouTube, guys. I'm, I'm serious, no, no cap, no jokes. Sami Zayn said, why are you doing this, Kevin? Why are you doing this? He said, is this because your son wanted to wear a Sami Zayn t-shirt to school on the first day of school? Is that why you're doing this? Because he didn't want to wear your shirt. And there I am. I'm just like, holy shit. You got to be fucking joking. Is this really over a kid not wanting to wear a shirt? Or a kid preferring to wear someone else's shirt? That was a cringe promo line, my dog, you know? And if you can't talk on the mic, I'd hate to see how you work in the ring, <laughs> you know? But uh, <clears throat> between you and me, Sami Zayn's mom works. I mean, she doesn't work very good with her mouth on my dick. I mean, I was pulling splinters out of my dick like all night last night. I was like, God damn, does this woman ever stop sucking wooden dick, you know? And I realized something. <laughs> Anyway, let's get straight back into the match. 
I had to pull a splinter out of my... <sighs> okay, so the blind elimination tag team match tournament thing. All right, that's not funny. Sorry, couldn't get to my uh, earphone. I couldn't get to my earphone before it fell out. <clears throat> Uh, Doki hits a Widow's Peak, uh, gory, hits a Widow's Peak, gory special slam. I'm not sure why there was a fucking comma there. Stupid fucking grammar police. Uh, made famous by, once again, the late Gory Guerrero. He was, and he only gets a two count, uh, afterwards, and he turns it into a pinning maneuver. Whenever, so he hits a 13, okay, this match was around 13 minutes, and I guess somehow it, it scrolled to the bottom. Uh, Doki hits a Widow's Peak, that can't be the only fucking note that I took. I know this is a 13 minute match, god damn it, stop, stop telling me that. Oh, okay, here it is, a senton through the table. And Jack Perry on to Jack Perry by Doki. I don't see how that's not already a disqualification for consistency reasons. I want to take away points. I'm glad that there was a table spot because very clearly it's not very often that we get that during a live event. Uh, usually it's saved for like, you know, pay per views and stuff like that but not very often do you see a table spot during a live event. Um, there was one time um, where Shaq, you know, the six foot three basketball player, him and Cody Rhodes, I think it was, went through a table together. Um, that was here on AEW as well. Shaq's done it all. I mean, he's practically like the general insurance guy He's Icy Hot, he's Gold Bond, he's Little Caesar's Pizza. You know, like, they pay him to do something. I'm, I'm guessing that it's selling, and that's why he keeps getting all these fucking contracts. <clears throat> also, the referee did not count the entire time that they were uh, on the outside, you know, once they'd went through the fucking table. So, once again, referees can't count in AEW the entire time that they were out there, but he had the wherewithal to go outside to check up on both competitors uh, to make sure that both participants who went through the table uh, were okay, you know, that they were okay to continue rather than, hey, they went through a table. Gee, I, I should do something, you know, but I should wash my hands first. <clears throat> uh, despite it not being advertised, as a no disqualification match, it seems as though that uh, the rules of a no disqualification matchup have reared their ugly head, but it would have been better to advertise it as such, you know, for future reference, AEW. A brain buster by Doki uh, only gets a two count when Jack Perry uh, gets the elbow drop 
off of the head gets a dragon sleeper uh, locked in and makes a doki tap and wins the match without the assistance of Hook, his alleged best friend in the corner, in his corner rather, uh, keep in mind as well the lost time Jungle Boy Jack Perry or the list of Jungle Boy Jack Perry, the last time that Jungle Boy Jack Perry had a best friend, the last time that he had a best friend. I'm pretty sure I've already said that. Um, it didn't go so well. It didn't go over too, too soft. You know, it was uh, Luchasaurus, and that didn't go so well after a while because he ended up having to, you know, put Luchasaurus down, so to speak. Even though it was a pretty good rivalry, it was a pretty good match, him and Luchasaurus. And, uh, of course, the caveat, the cherry on top of uh, the match that he just had with Doki representing uh, just five guys. That's literally the name of their fucking group over in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Apparently, just five guys is the name of the group that Doki is a part of. He, I guess he must be one of the five guys. He must be like 20% because that's literally 20% of the group. But, um, anyway, anyway, um, uh, whenever Doki lost, apparently the person that Jungle Boy Jack Perry will be facing off against, uh, the way that Doki lost was to his finishing move. You know, the guy that Jungle Boy Jack Perry will be facing off against come the pay-per-view, so... He sent a message by finishing off one of his own guys representing the same group, just five guys, <clears throat> by finishing Doki off with the finishing maneuver of the leader of the group that he was representing. Thank you all so much for joining me for yet another riveting episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast. I hope you all have had almost as much fun as I have because I know that I've had a blast. I mean, my voice is hurt. Um, I'm a little sh shaken up from the cop who was clearly trying to scope me out like I'm a fucking drug dealer on, on the lamb. If, if that's what they say, I'm not really sure if that's what they say. Seeing as though that cops are called pigs, you'd figure that they would be, you know, on the bacon or something. Or, uh, wait, or on the farm, you know. Like, why is it called on the lamb? It doesn't really make much sense. But, um, my name is Mocha. And if I haven't already said that a million times, I don't know what else to say then, you know. This has been the Gut Wrench Podcast. Have a good night, everyone. That's not what I say. Who writes this shit? Have a good night? Like, what the fuck is this, the Disney Channel? God damn, I swear. Sometimes I just want to fire people. You know, it'd be nice if I had someone to f fire like that, wouldn't that be pretty cool? 
because I've never had like the amenity of knowing the like that just the power of knowing that someone else's job is in my hands but you know I wouldn't do that Shh. what do I look like a fucking monster Oof. I'm friends with the mustard that's under my bed you know like what the I'm farting carrots those of you who don't like I, I just did a Rihanna I'm friends with the mustard that's under my bed and then I did a Selena Gomez come on guys come on don't I deserve five-star reviews don't I deserve like you know your your donations in my cash app is this not entertaining to you don't I deserve you to just maybe buy a coffee mug just shh, shh, shh. don't even think about it just go buy the coffee mug Thank you all so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me for yet another episode of the Gut Wrench Podcast, episode number 88. I've been Mocha. This has been the Gut Wrench Podcast. Also, if if um you could please please look at like other wrestling podcasts, especially if you're like a fan of wrestling podcasts. You should definitely like look at um before I do another, you know, false closing. You should definitely look at like um the late night wrestling pod hosted by Branded Surge. And um you should definitely look at um what's the name of it? The Hill Podcast by Ted Hillbilly Hill. You should definitely look at his podcast too because you know we're a network we work within a network of uh podcasters despite us uh well two of us have the same podcast producing software or whatever i don't know it's it's a little strange one of us is still using buzzsprout i'll just put it that way yeah what a loser no i'm just <laughs> okay so um my name is mocha this has been the Gut Wrench Podcast. Good night, everybody. That's a wrap.